Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer in Ice District at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oilers and the L.A. Kings. Guests and Oilers Now receive guest certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A pet peeve of mine back in the day was uh, when somebody would do what was known as a fake live in radio. So we're not going to do that. Louis DeBrusque is about to go on the ice for an alumni skate. We pre-taped Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers during the Oilers morning skate. Let's get to that conversation. Louie, we're four games into the Ken Hitchcock era. The Oilers 2-1-1, the LA Kings tonight. Your thought on what we've seen so far? Well, I think we've seen kind of what we expected, to be honest with you. They've played some real tough opponents, some heavy opponents, some teams that if you don't come in prepared to battle and push, then you're going to get pushed around yourself. And I think Edmonton's had a nice response in those games. So, you know, the, the first thing that Hitch said when he came in was that there's another level this team to get needs to get to. The only way you're going to get to that level is if you push yourself in practice and you push yourself in games and you believe that you can do that. You, you and I were just talking about the intensity in a morning skate this morning. Um, the intensity's gone up, and, and when you... When you relieve a head coach of his duties and a new head coach comes in, everybody's on high alert. Everybody's paying more attention. It's just natural for that to happen. I don't care what line of work you're in. When the head guy goes away and somebody else comes in, it's a new voice. You're paying attention, so there's an automatic um, response from that. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. But one thing you can ensure, the guys are paying attention. They're going to try and do things exactly how the coach wants for the time being. And so far, so good. I think they've played really sound hockey. I think there's been a few mistakes that have cost them. Um, in games, especially the last LA game, a couple of times that Kopitar was able to get in alone on the goalie. Um, you know, he made you pay, and you know that'll be something they have to clean up. But I like the intensity, I like the battle level, and the fact that this team wants to come to work a little harder to try and win games. In fairness to Ken Hitchcock, the Oilers have only had two actual full practice days yep. to work with so far because of travel and CBA mandated off days. 
Oh, that one's going to bite. Uh, as uh, Jason Garrison just took a shot here uh, off the uh, left boot. blocking pucks in practice. I know. Let's go practice. We're talking practice. <laughs> Give me a thought on this. Uh, we mentioned just a couple as we're pre-taping this here in the morning skate, so you can do that alumni skate. More on that in a second. But how long does it take? Because the defensive systems are slightly different. A little bit more zone with Ken Hitchcock uh, than maybe was deployed before under Todd McClellan. Habits are really hard to change. And I think, you know, getting back to Todd McClellan and what he was trying to preach, a lot of the similar things. You know, I, I remember having the same conversations about what Todd was trying to get through to the players that Ken Hitchcock is trying to get through the players. It's a different voice. It's a different message. And maybe a little bit of a difference, obviously, a tweak in the system, but not much. And so, but again, when, when you have a change, of that magnitude, I'm sorry, as an ex-player that's had that happen, you're paying attention. It, it makes everybody aware of the fact that you haven't been good enough because now the coach that was telling you what to do is gone and a new coach is coming in probably telling you very similar things. So you start to think to yourself, well, maybe I need to start doing these things. And the team seems to have bought into that, which is a good thing. Um, it does take some time, though there's no question that I think there's always going to be habits that creep back into your game. Where it really shows, I believe, and you can see sometimes structurally the defensive zone when you're up against an offensive strong team like the Dallas Stars, like the LA Kings, you know, that they can really push and push you back in the defensive zone uh, and have big forwards, you start to scramble. And when you scramble, that's when you start to make mistakes. So that's when you really start to figure out if the players are getting it. And I thought against Dallas, they bent, but they didn't break. They did give some high quality chances against. They created their own high quality chances. It's a give and take right now. They got some excellent goaltending from Miko Koskinen, who really made some big saves for a second career shutout but I do like the direction the team is going I think that the battle level especially in the defensive zone has gone up but let's not forget the forecheck too this is a team right now that is you know really getting on pucks they're finishing checks they set a career uh, a season high in checks in Anaheim a couple of games ago and I know they give out checks there like smarties but you know what it's a team that's focused on that as well, and I think that's a big part of their game. We're joined by Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. By the way, Louie, I haven't even asked you this. Was that a goal the other night? <laughs> I thought it was. I really did. You know what? I, I still see the replay uh, on Twitter, on social media. The last couple of days I've looked at it, and, you know, maybe I'm seeing something, Bob, but from my perspective, I see a white line behind the puck. I do. That's just me, and you know what? You can call me biased. I don't care what you say. I looked at that, and the way he came back at the instant that he took that puck onto the forehand, I know it's a squiggly blurred out line which is something they might have to fix here because it's ridiculous that we can't see a hard line for a goal that's either good or not but I thought there was some white behind it you know what it didn't go in they called it back you have to live with it what the call is and they go out and win in overtime anyway on Clefbaum's first goal which you know what I think the hockey gods probably said you know we'll give you that one back and they gave it to him alright uh, you mentioned the shutout for Miko Koskinen he's 6-2-1 and one this season he's up to a 9-23 save percentage are we at the stage and you know after the game uh, Ken Hitchcock said the strength of this team's goaltending. We've got two goalies. Uh, that said, Cam Talbot's gone through a tough stretch here. He hasn't won six, his last six starts. Are we at the stage here, given the owner's position? Right now, Koskinen appears to be in the starter's net. Doesn't mean that he's guaranteed to get the start in the morning skate here, but are we at the position where maybe the owners have to run with him? I think they are. You know, that, that's my opinion anyway. And, and, and like, like you said, he looks like he's in the starter's net right now in, in pregame 
on a skate. Listen, he's played well. He's been the better goalie. Now, let's go back to the start of the year, though. It was Cam Talbot that for the first eight games was was the guy that was the guy completely. Um, they both were involved in that 8-2-1 stretch, so I mean, they both got involved in that. But as of lately, last six games, Cam Talbot hasn't been able to pull out a win. Now, it's not all on him, and I never would ever put it directly on a goalie, but from his own mouth, he has to be better, and he has to find the game that he had two years ago and in portions last year. Best thing for this team right now, though, is they have a goalie that's stepping in there and winning games for them. So you have a, a backup goaltender that's stepping in, doing exactly what a backup goaltender is paid to do. To go in there when the starter needs a rest, number one, or number two, isn't on top of his game. They're giving Cam Talbot the work and practice that he needs. He's working with Dustin Schwartz on a daily basis to make sure that he's mentally and physically going to be ready for his next start. And you know what? Cam Talbot can certainly step in there and go on a tear himself. So I don't look at this as a bad situation. I look at this as a positive because they have a guy right now that can step in there and is playing the way Miko Koskinen is. If he wasn't playing the way he was playing right now, this whole problem would be exponentially magnified. But they don't right now. So right now, let it be what it is and let Cam Talbot try and uh, fight those uh, that starting position away from Miko Koskinen now. From NHL Hockey and Rogers and Hockey Day in Canada, Louis DeRoss, Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers now. Louis, uh, I like coaches that give players defined roles, the identity line. What do you think of the deployment of Zach Cassie and Milan Lucic on a line with Kyle Brodziak? I really liked it. I like the title, too. It's the identity line. And you know what? I think that for most part, most teams have a line like that. You know, a line they rely on to kind of have, you know, that physical edge to their game. They play a certain way. It's uh, meat and potatoes. Call it meat and potatoes if you want, but you know what? It's a staple of a lot of people's diets um, throughout this world. And here's the thing. Um, I like it. I think that they can they can create scoring opportunities. They're going to start to bang in goals with the chances that they're getting, but it also pushes the opposition back. And there was a couple stages in the game versus Dallas last game where they went out there. They had a heavy shift. The fourth line did it too, by the way. I thought they were very effective in doing that. They go out there, they hem a line in, they play offense, and then guess who comes out right afterwards? The big line. And it's exactly how you want to set up and set the stage for the top line coming on the ice. Puck possession, the opposition's changing, you're getting them fresh on the ice, and sometimes you can even catch a couple guys still on the ice. I mean, that works in your favor. That's exactly why they have it, and it's working. So, yes, I know everyone's talking about the offense to the line. It'll come. They're getting chances. All right, Louis. Ryan Spooner, you know him. Jake played with him in Boston. Uh, it has not... He's not gotten off to a hot start here in Edmonton, to say the least. And he is replacing a guy that he was traded for that was very popular in the context of the team that had a defined role as a third-line center. Spooner's still trying to find himself here. He is trying to find himself, and there was a couple flashes in the Dallas game. I thought the one where he drove wide and put it right out front and almost had Russell for a, for a tap-in driving to the net. Listen, for Spooner, there's no question he's playing his best when he's moving his feet. When he's skating with the puck and without the puck and skating fast, which he can do, that's when he is the most effective player. When he starts to stand around and think too much is when he gets into trouble and has difficulty. So I think he knows that. I talked to him a little bit already this year since he's come on board. He understands that. It's been a tough transition for him trying to find a way into the grind. And you know what? I thought he was better against Dallas. I thought he created some offensive opportunities, which he can do. He's very offensive 
minded. And that's how he kind of judges his game. And so when you're an offensive guy and the puck's not going in, you're a dash player every game, it starts to compound and add up and you start to think about it a little bit too much. For, for Ryan, though, I think right now going down to the fourth line, being a centerman where he can move his feet and skate a little bit more and freely come out of the zone with speed, I think that's a good thing for him. And I think you're going to start to see him be a little more confident on that second power play unit as well. We did see him get elevated up with McDavid and Dreisaitl a couple of times again. Like, he's going to jump around throughout the lineup column, and I like that. I think that can keep him activated and keep him busy, but no question, he, he needs to start finding his offense, start finding his game. But more importantly, for me, it's just make sure that he's skating in the game. Second time in uh, five days the Oilers play L.A. I thought, basically, I mean, this is a glorified back-to-back here. Yeah, you know, and this is a team that I thought really pushed them hard uh, Sunday in L.A. I thought that they played them um, physical. I thought they really kept them to the outside. They were, they were all over Edmonton early. Oh, all over Edmonton early. So, I mean, you look at the stats. They were the lowest scoring team in that game going into the game. I don't know what they are now. They're starting there's, to score. They're still a lowest scoring team. So here's the thing. It's a little bit of deception on their part because when you look at their team, Andre Kopitar starting to play right now in the last three games. Dustin Brown starting to find his scoring touch in the last three games. This is a team that's dangerous. When you look at this team and you start to think of them as a team that can't score goals, that's when you're going to get in trouble. I like the response by Edmonton. That was a tough battling game throughout the 60 minutes. And eventually a breakdown, Andre Kopitar slips a check, walks in and scores for the 3-2 goal. Here's the thing. They're going to have to play the same way. They're going to have to try and battle exactly the same way against a team that is starting to find their confidence under a new coach, Willie Desjardins. And for Edmonton, they have to take care of what they can take care of. I still believe... They have to continue to push on the forecheck. I still believe they have to spend more time in the offensive zone against a very tough defending team. And if they do get Jonathan Quick tonight, they're going to have to test a goalie that hasn't been in there in a while. Final one for you. Alumni hockey. That's why we're pre-taping this. Who's the most dominant player in alumni hockey right now? Well, I don't want to brag, but, you know, no. It's not me. (laughs) Sean Bell, I would assume, could still... You know what? Beller can still rip the puck. Chris Joseph looks great out there. He's probably one of the best skaters. So, I mean, that's the key. When you're talking alumni, which is really old guys it's who can still skate and uh, Chris Joseph has always been an amazing skater we're getting Sean Brown today I'm going to recruit him on Team Orange today because we need a little help and we're hoping that uh, Brownie who I believe is maybe the second if not first best skater amongst the alumni guys he can help us out a little bit any of the old dog alumni that are surprisingly still fleet of foot like, I know Mac T went out a few years ago, yeah. and he was he looked pretty good in the uh, Heritage Classic alumni game. You know what? For, for the most part, it's uh, it's the intelligence, right? That's the funny thing. They don't necessarily do it with their speed and mobility. They do it with their smarts. The puck moves around a lot more in alumni. You don't skate it as much. You pass it more. And the one thing that uh, veteran guys have always been able to do, and typically why when we go into alumni matches against younger teams, we usually beat them because we control the puck better. But... For the most part, everybody's still pretty good. It's good to see guys out there. I think it's healthy. I think it's great. The Oilers have been tremendous in uh, in setting this up for us. Barry Stafford with the alumni and connection with the Edmonton Oilers. We feel very grateful to be able to step out on this ice a couple times a month and go and skate. And you know what? Uh, the training staff has been fantastic too. Harry and, and Langer set up the room for us just like in the olden days. They take care of us. So, I mean, uh, we're very appreciative of it. Now, is there any truth to the rumor that uh, non-Oiler alumni, Dan Baker from Pub 1905, he could 
can score. He scores a lot of goals. You know, he's a handful. He's on the opposite. I'm going to have to run him today. You think so? Yeah, I'm thinking, you know what? I might have to, the first check in alumni might happen today, and it's going to be on Bakes. Nobody should look like that in their early 50s. I mean, the guy looks like, well, he looks a lot better than Patrick Swayze does these days, but, uh, I mean, nobody should look that good. I mean, he looks like the guy from Roadhouse, yeah, like 20 years ago. Well, you know what? And he never stops out there. You know what? It's like he never stops skating. So that's the reason why Team Blue has beaten Team Orange every game this year. We're looking for our first victory. We're hoping to get it today. We might have to get back to old school, though. All right, that's old school. Louis DeBras talking. He's uh, on the ice. I can look down. I can see him. Uh, yeah, fun stuff uh, for sure. It's 1248 in Edmonton. Here's what we're going to do. When we come back, we're, I'm going to tell you about an Oilers Now road trip coming up. Uh, Brennan Escott is going to have NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. And uh, we'll also get to some... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply text on our Heartland Ford text line. This is Orders Now from Rogers Place on a game night with the LA Kings in town. Please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous and make sure every kid has a Christmas. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1251 in Edmonton. We'll get to some Heartland Ford text momentarily. I'm going to tell you, you can join Oilers Now. And New West Travel on two great road trips coming up, one in Vegas, one in Nashville. See the Oilers playing two of the most exciting arenas in the National Hockey League. This Oilers Now package includes airfare accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with myself and special guests parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these roadies in Nashville and Vegas. For the Oilers Now road trips, call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. 12.52 in Edmonton. Let's get to it. NHL today for elite promotional marketing. More than just sportswear. Three other NHL teams in action tonight, Bob. Part of eight total games. Ottawa is hosting the Rangers, the Blackhawks visiting Winnipeg, and Vancouver entertains Las Vegas. Hurricanes placed 29-year-old goaltender Scott Darling on waivers this morning. He has a 2-4-1 record this year and is in uh, year two of a four-year deal with a cap hit north of $4 million. Elsewhere, Calvin Pickard was claimed off waivers by the Arizona Coyotes. Remember, the Flyers put him there yesterday. Forward Paul Byron practiced this morning with the Montreal Canadiens. He's been sidelined since October 30th with a lower body injury. The team also reassigned Victor Mete to the AHL. Uh, British-born hockey player. Weird story here. Thomas Larkin was charged with assault for a blindside hit on Canadian Dan Paye in a European uh, game last November. Paye was severely concussed on the play. No date yet set for a trial. Bakersfield Condor is actually currently in action and they're against the Ontario Rain 
Canada, who have just tied the game at one in the second period. David Gust has the goal for the Condors in that one, the matinee game with all the school kids attending. Edmonton Oil Kings got a hat trick from Trey Fix-Wolanski, but ultimately fell to the Prince Albert Raiders 6-3 last night. The Raiders now 25-1 on the season. Moose Jaw in town tomorrow night at Rogers Place, 7 p.m. Puck drop there. And a tough weekend series looming for the U of A Golden Bears this weekend. They're on the road taking on the Canada West leading 13-1 Saskatchewan Huskies. The Huskies on a 12-game win streak. The second-place Bears have won seven in a row, Bob. Well, Saskatchewan's last loss was in Alberta, the second of a back-to-back, and that was at a time in which the Bears' top three forwards were out with injuries, and the Bears dominated them in that game. I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Ian Herbert's team does. We'll talk to Ian Herbert's on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. All right, let's get to some Heartland for Techs at 6.30, Wow. This text comes in from uh, John C. in Red Deer. Bob, there's no way that, yes, Apoliarvi has earned any of his ice time. His hockey sense is minimal. He reminds me of Yakupov. It's frustrating as a fan to even see him on the ice, especially on the second game. Watch this. Uh, watch his game. My 12-year-old daughter could bump him off the puck. Please send him back down from John C. This text comes in out of Grand Prairie. Why is Peter Shirelli not trying Cameron Hibbig or, or uh, Tyler Benson instead of Patrick Russell. Why? Uh, Nugent Hopkins at center has never had high-end talent to play with ever since Hall. Why? More text. So there's two completely different perspectives on the deployment of young players. This text from Scott, who says, Bob, I know the show's called Oilers now, but did you see that overtime goal by the Stars last night versus the Flames? Thoughts? Uh, I thought it should have counted. I thought, ironically, David Riddick was involved in the play against the Oilers in overtime where McDavid cruised by and then Ryan Strope poked it home and they called that one back and that was the one where Connor McDavid pointed to the scoreboard on the video. Uh, both times, Riddick kind of got a little bit upset. I will say this for Flames fans, Riddick's played great. Sounds like they're going to go with Mike Smith tomorrow against LA, but they might have something in David Riddick. He's performed well uh, but I did think that should have been a goal, and I thought it sh- obviously should have been a goal in Edmonton on Tuesday night. Uh, again, you can text us at uh, <laughs> 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. Jason from Sangudo. The identity line. The identity line should be called the can't-find-the-twine line. This text comes in from LB out of Calgary. He says, Bob, Ken Hitchcock's comments about developing offense without Raddy makes no sense. Means Ty is not part of the big picture. Ty needs to keep positive and channel Matt Hendricks. That will go far with his teammates and his coaches. That comes to us from LB out of Calgary. Uh, Nathan from Willingdon says, Bob, what do you think about the Oilers putting a claim in on uh, Valentin uh, Zykov or Zikov out of the Carolina Hurricanes who went on waivers today along with Scott Darling? Yes, I saw, I believe it was uh, Dustin Nielsen mentioned that this morning on Twitter that he thought the Oilers should put a claim in. Um, I'll have to look into that one more. I mean, the Oilers are transitioning a bunch of different guys in here right now as well. Uh, this text comes in. Hey, Bob, uh, easy fix for Peter Shirelli right now. Go grab Josh Hosang and Anthony Beauvillier. Likely get them for a Spooner or a Kajula. I, uh, 
I, I don't see that happening. Just regarding Josh Hosang, who did play with Connor McDavid in, Jesus, would it have been Bantam Triple or maybe Minor Midget when Connor was playing ahead of his age group? I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, Bob, what about trying Zach Cassian on a line with Connor McDavid and try Chase on, on the identity line? Um. Yeah. Reggie and Red Deer says, Bob, the owners need to sign Leeson. Well, no, they're going to need to draft Leeson. He's a 19-year-old, not a 20-year-old. I originally thought, because he'd already gone through two drafts uh, way back when, I, too, thought he was a, a 20-year-old. But uh, Brent Leeson is a 19-year-old. Two more assists last night here, plus two. All he's done this year, 26 goals, 58 points. He leads Major Junior in scoring, and he's plus 42. Oh, and he's a six foot four right shot. Six foot four right shot. I'll be, I'm intrigued to see what the scouts thought of him last night. I think there was some concern about his foot speed. We will. Uh, Cold Laker just goes, Bob. What do you think about Riddick throwing his stick in the direction of the officials after the disputed goal was upheld? Uh, he gets upset, but he is a good goalie. Uh, Got to be careful with that. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell, Brian Burke at 106 on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.